Hello, and welcome to another podcast and, of course, video by Touchstone Financial Education. My name is Elliot, and I'm the chief content creator here at TFE. And today we are going to discuss the analysis of mutual funds and ETFs. I was recently asked a question by some clients. How do I determine which mutual fund is best for us? I see so many out there. How do I compare a growth fund to a different growth fund or an income fund to an income fund, et cetera? So like I've said before in my previous broadcasts, I truly appreciate the outreach from clients as well as listeners via the website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com, because we take seriously what you guys want to learn. We incorporate into our platform whatever it is you want to know. Here at TFE, our goal is to promote financial literacy through education. So I am answering some questions. If anybody else listening, watching, whatever, would like to know something about retirement, investing, taxable investing, whatever, please let us know. Go to that website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com, and shoot us an email. We'll respond within 24 hours, and we will incorporate what you want to know into our platform going forward. Now, just a little bit of business. We have classes coming up on October 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time for anybody who's interested. Also, go to the website, and you can fill out the form. Shoot us a little introduction, and we will include you on the class. We're going to start with the basics of retirement and investing. So we're going to start with step one. As a matter of fact, we're going to start with the information that I used in my very first podcast from last year. So you can go back and listen to the podcast to get an idea of what the class is going to be about. We also continue, of course, to do our one-on-one -on -one consults. Please click on the link below. You should see it right here. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. So thanks a lot for listening and watching. We truly appreciate everything that you guys have followed us through on this journey. Now, let's get to it. So mutual funds and ETFs, what are they? Let's start there. For those of you who are new, a mutual fund is just a basket of stocks or a basket of bonds or a combination of both. ETFs, exchange-traded funds, are the same thing. Basket of stocks, bonds, or a combination of both. So through your retirement plan at work, for example, you have mutual funds as choices or ETFs for some of you as choices as opposed to individual stocks. And we use these investment vehicles to diversify our assets. So instead of having a stock like Amazon or a Tesla, we'll have those stocks with a whole lot of other things. So it's easier to invest this way in that it takes less time to monitor your investments, but I do recommend that you take a, a look, excuse me, at least quarterly at your statements for retirement and monthly for your taxable investing. Just to kind of keep an eye on things doesn't mean you're changing anything. It's just you need to be aware of what's going on with your hard-earned money. Now, when we look at a mutual fund or an ETF, we can analyze its performance, okay? How much it costs to have that investment, right? And what we can expect from those investments going forward. And that's what the heart of this podcast and video is today. So when we're gonna analyze our investments, the first place and the easiest place to go is the platform we invested our money through. So in your 401k, for example, if you've got, Vanguard or Empower or Fidelity, they have wonderful tools you can use to go ahead and analyze your investments. 
And all of them, for the most part, have Morningstar access. And Morningstar is one of the oldest mutual fund analyzing tools out there. Now, of course, they include ETFs or exchange-traded funds, but Morningstar has a well-laid-out, easy-to-follow platform that'll show you how well your investment is doing, what type of fund it is, how much that fund costs to have every year. And by the way, that cost is called an expense ratio. So you're looking for the expense ratio. And most of you have funds probably in the range of, I'm going to say 0.01% to maybe 0.20%. Anything above that, it's kind of expensive. It goes to the type or style of investing the money managers are doing. But again, for the most part, 0 0.01, 0 0.04, maybe 0 0.10. And if it is a 0 0.04 expense ratio, you guys, that's like 40 bucks a year for every 10 grand invested. So you don't have to worry that you're being ripped off or that you have a very expensive investment vehicle. Again, a mutual fund or an ETF. Now, when we analyze these investment vehicles, we must do it from a position of like for like. So when we look at a Morningstar report on a fund, don't go and look at a large cap domestic growth fund and try to compare it to an international fund. The difference here is that a large cap domestic fund is that it's domestic. So it's in the United States, companies listed here in this country. Large cap refers to the type of companies in the fund. So they're very large companies, and that's your Meta's Facebook, Amazon, Tesla, Bank of America, Visa, so on and so forth, Walmart, Target, okay? So we want to compare a fund from the perspective of like for like. And then from there, we can take a look at, for example, how long the funds have been around. Me personally, I don't like to go back further than five years because the markets are constantly changing. So the market today is much different than a market we had 10 years ago. It's nice to see those numbers when you can say, hey, my, my mutual fund, for example, has been around for 25 years. Well, that's great. But the relevant performance, the relevant performance comes from the last five years. For example, the S&P 500, the Standard & Poor's 500, which is the benchmark for large cap domestic growth, is adding and removing companies all the time, okay? So you'll see companies like Tesla get added to the S&P 500 as it was a few years ago, all right? That means that anything that's considered large cap domestic growth, guess what? Tesla is in there. Okay, so we want to make sure that the analysis is relevant to today. So just don't go back too far. All right. And here's where it gets interesting. I'm going to split some hairs here, you guys. Mutual funds and ETFs can have the exact same stocks in them. And the performance is the same. But the difference is this. A mutual fund share or shares through your 401k, in your individual retirement account, in your brokerage account, when you purchase those shares, technically you are purchasing them from the company that issued that share. Meaning if it's a Vanguard fund, if it's a Fidelity fund, if it's an MFS fund, whatever it is, you're not buying that fund from the stock market. You are buying those shares from the company that issued 
those shares. Okay, and one way you can tell is that a mutual fund only has one price at the end of the day. And here on the West Coast, we get a mutual fund price at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, so you don't see it trading on the stock market, so don't try to look. You have to wait till the end of the day until trading closes to get that price once a day. All right, now exchange traded funds or ETFs are a little bit different. And of course, they're newer. They've been around, you know, 10, 15 years. Well, actually more like 15, almost 20 years now. And they trade on the stock exchange, meaning when you purchase shares of your ETF, you are actually buying it like a stock. It's traded, bought and sold during regular market hours. Now, as an investor, because the performance can be the same, again, like for like, you know, we really not too concerned about where we acquire our shares, but it's good to have an understanding of the difference, especially when you're looking at things like expense ratio. Remember what that is? How much the fund costs. So those are the two big difference, differences between the mutual fund and the ETF. And then of course, how we analyze, we go like for like. So for example, if I'm on the cusp of retirement and I want a fund that has a little bit of safety built into it. I'm not going to buy necessarily a growth fund. I might go after a balanced fund or a growth and income fund. Okay. And what that means is there's going to be a little bit of growth in there, but there's also going to be some stability with cash or very conservative stocks that pay high dividends like consumer staples. So your Clorox, your Procter and Gamble. Okay. Maybe some of the energy companies. All right, this balances out its performance. And let's say I found one, I found a Vanguard balance fund. Well, how do I know that's the best one out there? Again, log into your platform. That's the best way to do it. And if you have access to Morningstar, that's great. But you can also Google the performance, right? So there are tools outside of your platform that would help you make those decisions. But remember, we want to compare like for like so we're going to compare that Vanguard balance fund to, let's say, the Fidelity balance fund or the BlackRock balance fund or the MFS balance fund, whatever it may be, and you can take a look at its performance. Now, as you break down perhaps what's inside the fund or its performance, you're going to notice a slight difference. And that's OK because you have different money managers managing these funds. It doesn't mean that it's good or it's bad. It's just that it's making you aware of how you can expect your fund to perform going forward. And of course, don't forget that all important expense ratio. Some fund families, a fund family, by the way, is basically a company that issues funds, BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity. I know I sound like a broken record on that, but I really want to circle back through this continually to help you understand that as we do our analysis, all right, every company issues its own shares, they have their own funds. They have their own style of investment management, and that's important, especially in our retirement accounts where maybe we only have 20 to 25 different choices to choose from, okay? And our individual retirement account or our taxable account, our brokerage account, the sky's the limit. You can invest in anything you want, and you can actually get lost through analysis paralysis doing this. Pick out a handful of funds, analyze them, watch them. Don't go back too far in terms of their performance. Again, remember that the market changes constantly. Anything past five years is a different market entirely. So please be careful, 
All right. And that's really it on the analysis of mutual funds and ETFs. Like I said, I wanted to do this today to answer some questions from clients and hopefully from some of you out there who have the same question and just didn't bother to ask your advisor or your 401k advisor, et cetera. All right. So just remember, keep it simple. Use your portal. Oh, and by the way, here's some good tools to use outside of the portal. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. U.S. News and World Report puts out a ranking of mutual funds and ETFs every year. The best way to find them is you Google U.S. News and World Report best ETF rankings. And you'll go to usnews.forward slash whatever it is. You'll see it on your Google page there. It should be the first line item. Again, U.S. News and World Report best ETF rankings. You don't have to put in mutual funds because once you go to that page from U.S. News, you'll see mutual funds and ETFs on the homepage there and you can find what you want. And all of their choices, all of the categories are broken down for you simply. You scroll down to the category you want, whether it is growth, international growth, technology, natural resources, balanced funds, et cetera. It's all broken down nicely and neatly for you. All right. So there's a great way to kind of find out where your funds rank nationally. Another tool outside of Morningstar and outside of your portal would be, and I love this one, ETFDB.com. I'm not affiliated with any of these. I just use them for myself and for my clients and have been for years. ETFDB.com, you go to that page, scroll down just a bit, and you're going to see three columns of 10. These columns will have, again, those 10 items in there. Each represents a different type of fund, whether it's artificial intelligence, technology, natural resources, emerging market investing, whatever it is you want to do. And then once you click on that link, a whole list of funds will come up and it's really easy to read. You'll see the year to date performance there. Click on it, read about it. And again, incorporate it into that analysis. Hopefully you're doing through your portal. So these are just a couple of tools that I have used and continue to use to help determine what funds are doing well. And of course, you know, in a wishy-washy market, which funds are doing poorly. And I mentioned this today because we are at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So some of you who are a little more nuanced, a little more sophisticated, might be looking at doing some tax loss harvesting and want new investments. And for you beginners, tax loss harvesting is when you take losses so you can write off your capital gains. And a gain is just money you've made in the stock market. And the IRS allows you to write off up to $3,000 a year in capital losses. So if you have $4,000 in gains, $3,000 in losses, you will net $1,000 in capital gains, which again, it lowers your tax basis. And by the way, the capital loss can be carried forward. And let me say that again. A capital loss can be carried forward. And what that means is that if you have $7,000 in losses, well, yeah, you can only write off three grand this year, but the feds will allow you to write off three grand for the next year in 24, and then that remaining $1,000 in 2025. So you do get to capture those losses. And this time of year, a lot of more sophisticated investors will go ahead and get losers off their books, look for new investment opportunities, and these are great tools to do that by. 
your portal, Morningstar, U.S. News and World Report best ETF list, and of course, ETFDB.com, plus whatever else you're using. I hope you all have some other tools that I didn't mention today that you're using because the more tools, the merrier. You can cross-reference and you'll really get to the heart of who's performing well and who is not. So with that said, I know that's quite a bit and not a lot of time, but again, I want to stress we are here to educate you guys. Financial literacy is our goal. We are starting those classes on October 14th with the beginning steps of retirement and investing. So if you're interested, please go to the website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. Shoot us an email. We'll get back to you and add you to the class list. If you have anything that you'd like to hear from us in regards to, hey, tell me about this stock or you know, how do I invest in this, et cetera. Whatever your question may be, again, let us know. Shoot us an email. Doesn't take but 30 seconds out of your day. And thanks for watching these videos, listening to the podcasts. I hope to hear from you from some of, uh, some of you on the classes. And of course, we're still doing our one-on-one -on -one consults. And like I said at the top of this podcast, this one came from a question a client had for me. So I thought I'd broadcast it out to the world because if one person has it, you better believe that there's a whole lot of other people that have the same questions as well. Thank you for listening and watching. Please click on the link below. And you know what? Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're really putting out some new things and developing along the way. Thank you to longtime listeners. Welcome to all you new listeners and watchers. Hey, and you guys have a great weekend. Take care.